0: Welcome to Dealcast, the weekly M and A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and ss and C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham, a business journalist who's been covering M and A for a decade. In this episode, we're looking at how the social or S part of ESG is playing out in deal making for the consumer sector. I'm joined by shareholder activism journalist for Activist Monitor, Divya Grover. Hi Divya, thanks for joining me today. Hi Julie, thank you for having me. So can you begin by explaining exactly what's meant by social within ESG? What does it cover?
1: So um, social factors basically include everything that, that comes in the ethical and cultural grounds of it. So you know what they constitute, a variety of themes, be it supply chains, modern slavery, human rights, worker exploitation, their rights, wage gaps, diversity, inclusion and 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 a lot of other things as well, so um these are the kind of topics and the themes that impact basically all the sectors that that we can think of, and these issues have been around for like many many years. It's it's just now that they have started to come to the forefront and are becoming as as big as an issue as as the E and G part of the ESGR.
0: And how is that becoming an increasingly important factor when it comes to deal making? And then, other corporate activity for consumer companies.
1: so consumer sector in general is is not necessarily the first mover in like needing to address the you know environmental, social, and governance issues. But when we talk about the social issues, they somehow directly affect consumer sector and and that adds um you know another layer of complexity to it. So um there has been a rising importance of of social factors because Of the main reason that the consumer sector is like mainly focused on consumers and, and the consumer behavior is changing now. The consumers are becoming more aware. They, um, and that awareness is kind of impacting their, you know, buying decisions. Their buying habits are being influenced by it. They are now looking at the quality of the product, the background, the sourcing, you know, what, what is the branding of the, Um, of the product that they are buying in the market, what is the messaging behind it. And a lot of it comes under, you know, the ESG part of it. And um, consumers have lately been increasingly vocal about sustainability and ethical standards as well. They are kind of punishing and rewarding business based on on what their stance have been on on these issues. Um, So... There is, you know, kind of an um, rising prominence of social factors um, these days. They, they are, you know, on a on lighter note of it, they are like currently softer issues, but each of these topics have the potential to become a liability in the future.
0: And so how is that playing into deal making? And then also you're in, you cover the activism space. How does it factor into activism as well?
1: You know, when we talk about deal making, we are seeing companies they are being like you know trying to improve their brand by investing in areas which have like a socially conscious aspect to it. Companies are trying to like move away from business models that are based on non-sustainable supply chains and that you know do not align with their ESD guidelines. So um, that is one of the one of the um, major changes that we are seeing uh, when we are focusing on deal making in the consumer sector also um in the deal making in the consumer space in particular i mean there there is much more focus on trying to mitigate the downside risk um, in mergers and acquisition opportunities rather than necessarily looking at them as an esg upside you know
0: and can you give some examples of, of companies who are changing their portfolio based on social factors
1: Unilever has like obviously set the precedent um in in the, in the space they have been out loud and and said that you know they are only going to be doing MA activities with the companies that align with their ESD guidelines and that is a big big statement or like you know a bold and punchy statement coming from a big major corporate firm like Unilever there are others that you know following the suit there is Nestle that are also been disposing of certain SS and are you know making an active move to reposition their brand. Then there is PNG and known as well. So, you know, when we see big names doing this, it, it kind of raises focus on ethics and we expect more companies or the more smaller companies in, in the sector or in the space to follow the suit as well. So that, that's the kind of expectation we are having right now.
0: And how is how are the social factors impacting valuations for assets? You know, it's the usual.
1: There, there is a certain premium that is being put out for ESG friendly companies. You know, as it improves portfolio and brand future prospects of the company. So, um, any businesses uh, is perceived as value attractive from ESG perspective. You know, it's likely to be more attractive to prospective acquirer than potentially demand higher valuation multiples as well. Um, while well, there are other um issues like non compliance risk litigation risk which are like in particular to climate change space or you know risk for legacy operations like environmental social issues those are the ones that do not in particular drive value uh, but but that can be sorted through allocation so That's one of the uh, things as well. We have spoken to a lot of sources and they have said that they expect ESG to have, you know, higher weighting on valuations in the next three years. Um, Recently, KPMG also did a survey wherein they said that, you know, they found that more than half of the private equity general partners that they surveyed had reduced the bid price after the ESG due diligence. So it's definitely impacting the valuation of the companies. But but there are like certain issues or, you know, certain things that can also be settled by by way of allocation.
0: And linked to that, how can the social factor be measured? Because I I guess it's it's harder to measure than the environmental and governance factors within ESG.
1: That's right. I mean climate change is like there are obvious reasons why we are focusing on climate change and climate-related issues, environmental issues right now, but also one of the major reasons it's that these targets are like measurable you can set targets for that you can set up a strategy formalize it to achieve achieve those targets there are various regulations decarbonization is also like a big driver of economic change in lots of sectors so that that gives prominence to the environment aspect of it but when we talk about social factors they cannot be quantified and um, we are like as I was talking earlier, they are like softer issues. We are still learning more about it. We are still seeing companies like trying to work work that out, like to sort those kind of issues. So they are softer um, right now, but, but they have the capability to have like reputational risk ahead. I think we require like robust policies. There should be more regulatory and competitive pressures to be placed on companies so that they can like set and report progress on social factors as well. Because currently, uh, these social issues and social um, uh, risks are basically arriving from, like, emerging from the function of a market and investor sentiment. But we we want um, companies to be like more focused on it and be reporting about their growth. Um, to be reporting about how they are managing their supply chains, their manufacturing, how they are branding, how they're sourcing their their products and so definitely, I mean, these regulatory um, pushwork is uh, required to get that in place.
0: And you cover the activism space. How is this social factor becoming important for activist investors within the consumer space? Obviously, ESG has been one of the key drivers of activism that we've seen over recent years.
1: I mean, ethical and, like, ethics and diversity, um, have always been a part of, um, activism demands and, like, shareholder activist demands in, in the past as well. Um, we are actually keen on seeing how, how this pans out. Um, currently, as far as I know, we haven't seen any particular demand that is, or, you know, a particular demand coming from a shareholder activism, activist in, in, in the social space. But, it's yet to see. I mean, um, as these these issues are gaining prominence, we are expecting like activists also to get like more particular about their demands. And, you know, when they are um, asking questions from the company, I mean, these are these are the talks that that shareholders and the companies have in private. Um, and maybe the, these issues are settled there as well. But um. They definitely, I mean, there will be light light on these issues soon and we expect like more from activists to come on it.
0: That's great. Thanks very much, Divya. Thank you so much, Julie. That was Divya Grover speaking to me, Juliana Needham. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of DealCast presented by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. Please rate, review and follow or subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or look out for your Merger Market News Alert. You can find more information in our show notes. Join us again next week.